0: let will just lift up our voice together and start to thank God for this hour? Lord, we bless your holy name. We give you the praise and honor and glory for your grace and mercy. Let's thank God for his goodness. Let's thank God for his creation. Let's thank God for his mercy. Let's thank God for the grace he has given to us to be human beings, that we also can enjoy the benefits of marriage, which God has instituted, Even today, as we look into marriage, in these days that Satan is at large, destroying families, destroying marriages, let us thank God for his grace and mercy upon our lives. Let's thank God for the understanding he has given to us when the understanding of marriage is now being being shattered completely, even in nations. Father, we thank you for giving us the grace and giving us the understanding about marriage. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Amen. Shall we start our service as we read together Psalm 24? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and pure heart, who does not lift up his heart to what is false, nor swear deceitfully? He shall receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face, O God of Jacob? Selah. Lift up your heads, O oh ye gates, and be lifted up, ye ancient dogs, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye ancient dogs, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let's take together Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom. And speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises, and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall, and lift up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hands and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. We take our opening hymn together. Praise the King of Glory.
1: Well, you are very welcome this morning
0: to this seminar, marriage seminar. This is the first marriage seminar we are having in the year 2020. And uh, haven't also had a lot of seminars in marriage, I want to say to every one of us that, you know, some of you have a question in, his, in their hand, and, but we have seminars about marriage almost all the time. Do I need another seminar? I will tell you that yes is the answer. The reason why we need to continue to have marriage seminar throughout our life until we, you know, the Lord will call us home is this. We start our life with, you know, as singles. And then as time goes on, we discover that we come to the very place where we want to become like our parents. And, you know, we begin to look for a life partner. And then suddenly, somebody will show up in our life, and we pass that stage to the place whereby we now decide that, well, I think this one among those who have shown up is the best for me, and we get married. Now, when we get married, our thoughts and our hope is that at last we will rest. And, you know, during courtship, a good number of us really experience the true love. Of course, not every courtship on earth is based on love most of the courtship on earth is based on deception and self-satisfaction because somebody wanted to satisfy their orgies of sex and so they go into all manners of fake promises and then get into the marriage and then their true color begin to show up while the other person will now find out that he has gotten into a hot soup and a hot pot that he can never get out of however We pass through that stage in life while those who marry genuinely and sincerely in true love continue to enjoy the bliss of marriage, continue to enjoy understanding of marriage until they also begin to meet some rocky, uh, uh, their boat begins to hit some rocky platforms. (laughs) It could be interference of parents in some people. It could be interference of uh, brothers and sisters, of wife or husband. It could be interference of immediate family. As I said, it it could be interference of son's family, it could be interference of friends, an association that we eventually find ourselves in, and suddenly a good marriage, based on the right footing, begin to change, and you see these influences continue to to wrestle with us. Until we have children, until our like children get all get, get to the mature age, and they to get into the business, and they get married, and then we become grandparents, and then we become great grandparents. You will agree with me that whatever stage you are in life, you need marriage counseling, even if some of us are were bereaved; our husband is gone, our wife is gone. Even those ones, because marriage counseling. One is for those of you who are intending to get marriage or marriage seminar, I will say not counseling, seminar, marriage seminar. It's an exposition about marriage. For those who are here to, to choose, for those who have chosen who they will marry to know what it is, for those who have been married and have been going on right to know what to do to, to to enjoy the maximum their maximum in their marriage, and then also for those who have married and they are fortunate to know what to do, how to go about it. And also, those of you who have become grandparents and great grandparents, for, for 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 you to be able to counsel your children, because when you become uh, uh, parents and then your children become married, that is the time that what you know is very relevant, much more relevant, concerning your peace, because if you are married, if you have children who are married and they are they are living in a marriage that is tense or their husband or their wife is not cooperative, or one of them, either husband or wife is intimidating the other, creating, you know, life, you know, hard life for the other partner, you parents will begin to have problems. Whereas, you are in the position at that time to call your, your daughter, son or your daughter and then the spouse and sit down there individually and share with them the wealth of knowledge that you have in the scriptures that is the only thing that can save them so that Satan will not shipwreck their their marriage boat. So you and I now believe very much, and we know this, that you will never graduate from learning. And most importantly, if I do an examination for all of you who are here now about what I taught you last in marriage seminar, if we have anybody who can remember without going to notes, there will be very extremely few among you so marriage seminar or any lecture in God you can never you can never have too much of it now so therefore today we we'll go i want to write down and make sure you keep this in a good place where you can use it to let to encourage other people I will start my marriage seminar by giving you an intro the origin of marriage twenty the, the Genesis, 20, 20, Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18 tells us the origin of marriage. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18 to 25. I read that to you. It says, The Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the, name, the, whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the, the man gave names to all living livestock, to all livestock, and birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was no suitable helper. So, verse 21, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep and while he was
1: sleeping, he took off one of the man's ribs and closed it up. And closed up the place with flesh. When the Lord God made a woman,
0: then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man The man said, This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Verse 23, She shall be called a woman. For she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Then the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, let me just give us some direct points here. This covers all the range of people that I've I'm talked I'm about eventually. The first thing is that, it you know, marriage is not man's idea, it's God's idea. It's God who saw that man is alone and that uh, he needs a helper. And the Bible talks about man naming all the animals, but there was no one suitable for him. And that tells you an eye that it is... Absurd for man to say he's getting married to an animal, or to have sexual relations with an animal. It is totally out of out of sense. It is dangerous. Uh, today we will not be talking about that. When I teach you, as we go in the next uh, few days into weeks, about the satanic strategies in last days, you will see how Satan help make man hurt themselves while they will think they are enjoying their life. You know, you, when we look at that Satanic strategies for the last days, one of the things I will want to buttress a lot is how Satan had not hindered, had not dis, uh, hurt anybody. Satan, you can't see Satan anywhere hurt you. But you can see man influenced into a particular way of thinking and behavior, and the man will hurt himself. That's why Satan will not be guilty of hurting anybody. And so, when we look at that, you see a lot because it also has to do with marriage. The way some people have responded in their life about marriage is what has caused this friction in their marriage or they cannot enjoy their life. And this also has effect in parenthood. You know, parents don't know that your children learn a lot from you more than they learn from anybody. And in your own marriage, the way you compose your marriage has to do a lot with how your children will know what marriage really is. And many children have been destructive before they even got to marriage. But here, let's see. God. Marriage is God's idea. It's not man's idea. And God made him a helper. Second thing is that the woman is a suitable helper to her husband, which is wife I'm talking about now. The suitable helper to the man is the wife. There are some of you who will always bypass the wife to go and talk to the husband. You don't understand. If you, if you have such, if you have such attitude, you are an anti-God. You are, you are, you are behaving contrary to what God has in, uh, instituted. And that is yielding to the devil. Oh, let's go through our husband. We'll be able to get what we want. No, you must tell, you must be able to tell both the husband and wife together to receive no from a woman or from a man against your will does not mean the family will not do what they are, what you have asked for. It only gives another opportunity for the husband and wife to rethink so that what they would do would be well done. So the woman is a helper. Of course, this tells you that the husband is the visionary of the house. If a woman who is very industrious and very hardworking and very front-looking and you know, planning good future marries a man, you have to first evaluate whether that man is a man you can help, which means the man is thinking in your wavelength or thinking better than you. So that you will be able to help the, the man. It's not talking about achievement. It's talking about ability to reason. Because if you are a helper of somebody, that person must be doing something. So a girl cannot go into marriage or a woman cannot go into a relationship or marriage without, first of all, examining the man you are going to marry. If you are a very industrious person and you see a man who is lazy, loising about and stuff like that, if you, if you overlook it and say, oh, well, we'll manage it, you will never get out of it. Because the attitude of that man cannot help you. It will probably kill your morale or cause you trouble. And a good number of people have gone into marriage that are shipwrecked because they did not thoroughly examine the man before they got into marriage. So they married out of deceit. So we recognize, therefore, that a man also must know that he must be frontline thinker of the family. But if we go down further, straight away to verse 20, so the man caused the the woman to fall asleep in a deep sleep while the woman, while the man was sleeping, God created the woman from the rib, rib rib cage. Well, that tells us that woman is very, very fragile. It is not a feminist idea to believe that women are weaker vessels because the Bible says so. And it has not been trying to become as masculine for a woman to think that I'm less creation. By that. No, you are not less creation, you are complementary creation. As women have are, are very fragile in their nature, God has given women some you know great intelligence that man cannot think that way, and that's the reason why God said, I create the man and I create the woman as a helper. Women get into trouble when they try to put the cap put on the cap of a man. You will always get trouble in your family and get crushed. Alright? The same thing. A man must recognize that you cannot, uh, you know, think everything through alone because the way you think is different from the way women are created and built to think. And when you bring the, 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 the nature of a woman who is a wife into marriage and husband and wife put their synergies together, that is when the marriage can think arrives. So I want us to understand that as believers that the position God has created man does not make man more superior in humanity than woman. And the position God has created woman does not make the woman subsidiary or sub, sub in superiority. You are equal in creation, but you have different functions. And each one should not try to do the function of the other. That is where marriages get into you know, a, a crash. And of course, you must pass this down to your children because of the secularism that is going on in the world today, which is caused by the devil, these all these you know misogynist, misogynistic ideas and stuff like that. If Christians are not careful; they think they, they look like it's a just cause, but if you go into them, you will discover that it's fe- it came from feminism, which is not of God. A woman must be satisfied and be happy and celebrate what she is. You are indispensable when it comes to the common world of 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 the world. Same thing a man should celebrate who he is, without thinking that he is a superior being, you are not a superior being, and this is the word of God. So, but you understand that because women are created, you know, uh, you know, in in their nature, their weaker uh, sex, man must be very must take care of your, of your wife very 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 carefully. This is the reason for if you recognize this, this is the reason why. You know, some of the nature of a woman, always looking for care, always looking for talk, always looking for discussion, always looking for romance. That is where all those things, they are in the nature of the woman, which if the woman gets married and that is not satisfied, you begin to build up problems for, you know, enjoying your home appreciation, you know, a woman wants to be appreciated, you know, a woman wants to be cared for, love to a woman is not just talking about love it is what you practically do that makes a woman believe you love her, where a man you, you talk just tell her that you love him, just tell him you love him, maybe that's okay, but for the woman, you are, you, you must confess it, and having confessed it you must confess it at the at, at, at appropriate time and then you must demonstrate it by feeling the lacuna of, his, of her Of our, you know, uh, emotions and stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. So all these things come from the fact that God created the woman as a weaker sex. Of course, you see women who want to do all the things that men are doing, carry weight, law, you know, the weight that men are carrying. But if you go to the, to the contest field, the standard, but the bar of men is higher than the bar they give the women. And that is a recognition of the scriptures that women are weaker sex. So I think a little bit about that. I've played the air this weaker sex does not mean subsidiary in creation. And the Lord said then, the man said, God not took the man, then the Lord God made the woman the woman out of the rib had taken and brought her to the man. God is the best matchmaker if you can allow him. Christians can pray before your marriage and you can see vision. This one let me even talk about this. You know, those of you who are seers or who are advisers to people who want to get married, especially you Christians, be careful. A, 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 an older person has the right to advise a younger person when he's thinking of marriage. But for God's sake and for your life's sake, don't misguide them. Differentiate between what God said and what you are saying. You know, in marriage, I don't always say to people that God said, unless I hear God distinct. Distinct. I know God always, the Bible says that we'll give account to all the words we have spoken when we're in the body. Because, you know, you're mis- you're, if you see God said, the younger ones will just say, God said, and they go into the marriage. Are you with me now? And when they get into the marriage, they may discover that, why am I here? Why am I here? So it is better for you to say, my opinion is this. You don't have to hear God all the time for such things. You have to use your common sense and use your sights. The procedure to marriage is that you must investigate whoever you want to marry thoroughly. You must test that person seriously. You must test the person whether it's singing, both male and female. You must test the person whether it's irritable, whether it's a dirty person, if you are very clean and neat. You can't go and marry a person that the whole of your house is smelling, the clothes is smelling, she doesn't bath, or he doesn't wash his mouth and stuff like that. You cannot do that. If you're a person who was brought up in a family where, you know, you bath every day and you don't just go and tail, you really bath and your body is clean and your mouth is always clean, you are hygienic, you, you think about all that. If you go to a person who in his own family, they don't care about things like that, it's the beginning of problem for you because you will always be angry with yourself in that kind of environment, especially if that partner does not want to change. So when you are talking about marriage, you who is getting married must not marry because somebody said, God said. You must marry because you said, I want to marry this person. The whole world may prophesy that God said. That does not mean God said. And until God tells you, or you are convinced, and even if it is God who told you, your investigation will be thorough and it will be good. You know, you must you must validate it. Because God's choice is always best choice. Let me tell you this. Any marriage that, you know, you step into and there's problem all over the less than one year, the whole thing is falling to pieces is because it's not God's will. It's so simple. It is not God's will. It is the will choice of a man. If a man will wait for God's will, it is impossible for you to have such. Impossible. Because God is the best matchmaker. Look at what, what the Bible says here. He said, when Adam saw, Eve, he said, last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We must recognize this. We must not mislead people. It's good for us to tell people that I, my opinion is this than saying, God told me. And tell the person who wants to marry to go and pray too. You too to hear God, either by vision, by dream, by revelation, before you step into such a thing. So that you will not be an author of destruction. And the people also will not eventually say that. But uh, uh, then this, uh, my daddy said this to me, that I should go ahead and marry. Now, why did I find myself in this kind of thing? Oh, mommy said I should go. Maybe pastor said, or, you know, apostle said, prophet said, no, 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 no. He mustn't do that. Are you with me now? If the person wants to marry, must open his eyes. That's the reason why your knowledge in a seminar like this, will help you in counseling your children who are married he gave me that, so that nobody will not say, I'm not informed, so if I says the man, verse 23 said, now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman so, for she was taken out of man, every man must see his wife as that if the man is taken, the woman is taken out of man, it means the man is not complete without the woman don't have hidden agenda It is just, I mean, there's no sense in it. The person you marry, you start your journey together, you give back to children, you raise the children together for another person to marry them. Once they are getting married to another person and they go, it will now remain you and your wife or you and your husband who started the journey of life. You don't understand it. My wife and I never thought about this when we were raising children until everybody has gone now. We are alone now till death. The person you marry, understand? When you marry somebody, you will be very eager to have babies, have children, have children. You have children, it's going to be costing you money. You are working all your life to raise them. Understand? Investing in them. Why are you investing in them? For two reasons. One reason is that when they grow older and they are better in life, they will take care of you because you will have gone to your old age. That is one reason. And you must be telling your children that you, you have right to this so that they know it. That when you are taking care of them without food, without, you, they, you will not eat so that they may eat. You labor and suffer in life so that they will get better life. But you must be wringing it in their ears. That when you are old, when you get successful, when you are old, you must take care of me too till death. All right. The second reason why you are, you are investing in your children is that your children can have a good life so that they will not be a liability onto you or on you till death. So both ways, if you look at both ways, you are just laboring, investing in them for yourself. <laughs> Because you don't invest in your children and they get up and they get, you know, they, they don't succeed in life. At the age of 30s, 50, 40s, they will be living in your house. And at that time, they are supposed to leave you alone so that you enjoy your life alone, which you started in life before going. So this is the purpose of, you know, our labor in in, in childbearing. But we cannot do it without one another. That's the man and the woman. It says they became one flesh. And then it says this, bone of my bone, and flesh my flesh. Verse 24 says, For this reason, the man will become will leave his father and mother. I will talk about that in a minute, and become one flesh. Then the verse 25 says that 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 the man and his wife were both naked. Understand, underline that the man and his wife. You didn't call him his wife before. This is the first time the word wife came up in this scripture. Before this time, God has created them and God has been blessing them. God never addressed the woman as the wife. So you understand the fact, therefore, that a man should keep his nakedness. Tell your young men, don't sleep with any woman. Don't go and have sex with any woman. It's better for a woman to keep her virginity that she's not just free for all. Before eventually saying that, let me push my head into one house. It is a good thing to keep your virginity. For the man is a good thing to keep your virginity. That you don't just go and be sleeping with any man. Keep your valor and your strength for the wife of your life. And that you can, you, a person should be ashamed if you are naked before another man who is not your husband or before another woman who is not your wife. You should be extremely ashamed. And a Christian should not get involved. Now, this is just introducing you to the origin of marriage. So we can say God's origin of marriage is that God, God, God is the one who discovered that man should not be alone. And made him a suitable helper. Genesis chapter 126, it tells us God's ultimate intention. Come, let us make man in our own image. So God's ultimate intention to create this world is to make man in our own image, I said. In our likeness and let him rule. Verse 27 says that God made man in his image. That is chapter 1 of Genesis. And you know, male and female created them. So we understand that. The man God said is male and female. And in verse 28, God bless them. Now, if God blessed marriage, marriage will be blessed. <laughs> Amen. Because God is supreme. Can you imagine the supreme God bless marriage? How can that marriage not be blessed? He blessed the plants of the field till so today they are blessed. He blessed the animals till so today they are blessed. He blessed the sun and the moon and the stars so today, they are blessed. So, when God bless marriage, how? why should a Christian say, my marriage is not blessed? And you can answer that straight away. The reason why a Christian can say, my marriage is not blessed, is because if God bless the marriage, then we must understand God's principle. If you don't walk by God's principle in a marriage, you will suffer. I've had some people said, you know, I, my husband, has I been mean, God bless him, I'm the one helping him. You are not helping him at all. If one of you had said that in your life, if a husband is jobless and the wife is working, the wife is not helping the man by giving money. No, you are only helping your life.
1: The same way, a man is working and the wife is still looking for a job. The man is not helping the husband. No, don't you
0: think that you, you are not. You are helping yourself. Because it's your, your wife is your, it's your liability, you have to take care of her same thing the, the husband is the liability of the wife the husband the wife has to take care of the husband because you see if a husband is expected by a wife that when, when my husband has money it's my money we can spend it judiciously together similarly a woman a man cannot uh, say a woman cannot say if the husband is jobless or if the husband is passing through financial downtown that, you know, it's my money. It's not your money. It's our money. So you are not doing any favor if that is you or any time that happens to you. Every marriage will pass through such a thing in life that one will have, what does not have. You will pass through that phase. The other one will not have, the other one will have. And then you come to a place of abundance. But any of the uh, parties in can never, it is totally not, not, it, it doesn't mix with common sense. It's like you are saying to your leg that uh, your leg is saying to you that I'm the one who made success. I'm the one who carried you to office. So I should be celebrated for doing that. I should be appreciated for doing that. If the leg carries the, the, you to the office, if your hand did not write, how will you get money? If your hand wants to write and your brain decides to pack up, how will you get money? So who is to be praised in the human body? None. None. Everyone that done the job equally. So is husband and wife. For the success of your life, for the peace of your life, if you understand the principles of the Bible, you will not fall into trouble all the time. It is when you derive from the principle of the Bible and you are concentrated on your flesh, that is when Satan sets in and then cause problem in the marriage. A husband who had loved the woman before will just begin to... Ah, if this woman can be telling me this, okay, when I have money, I will show her too. And before you know it, a man who loves you, when he has money, he will tell you, hold it, hold this. This is what I can give you the money. And then you're going to have access to the whole world. Similarly, if a man says that to a woman, that's what will happen eventually. The woman will say, all right, okay, when I have my money. And when the money comes, you have problems. These are areas where Satan introduced problem to marriages. And, you know, there is something also I've come across in my marriage counseling. That a man, a woman married, but the woman bought a house before marriage. And the husband is not living in the house. A little thing, the woman will say, get out of my house. If you say that to a man, it's prophecy. He will pack his load one day and he will exit. And the woman who will celebrate her will be at the corner, who will even beg her to come and live in the palace. That is one of the things that destroy homes. When you buy a house, it belongs to the husband and wife. Similarly, I've I've had men who told the wife to get out of their house. If, the, if your husband tells you to get out of his house, just tell him, I didn't know where it became your house. Because this is our house, not your house. Similarly, if a woman tells the husband that, get out of my house, uh, you made a mistake. I married you, I married your house together with it. All those things are the things that cause problems when you
1: derail from the fundamental of God. Now, let me introduce you to something. For those of you who are not yet married, let me talk about Let me talk about age difference in marriage. And for those of you who are married, you will
0: understand what I'm saying. God created the man first and then the woman,
1: isn't it? So that tells you that husbands should be older than their wives. How the best difference, disparity of age of a man
0: and a wife should be within your age band, maybe within, the, within three, five years of age disparity. What about if you marry somebody who is 10 years older than you or 20 years older than you? That is a, a woman married, a very older man. There's no problem. But the problem is this you get that language. There is no problem, but this is the problem. One, you must know that the generation you marry is about a number of generations down your generation. The way the younger one will think is totally different from the way you think. Completely different. Our age thinks together. Your age thinks together. There are things that you believe in your age that they are age don't believe in it. There are things that you do where you do things in your age that they own age don't do things like that. So what do you have to do for that man to be successful? The man who is older, who had gone to marry very younger woman, all right, should now humble himself to understand from that young woman, how do you reason? What are the things that you can just go and buy a cloth for the woman? She, her group, don't, don't wear such clothes. Your group is old. You only need to add 10 more years to your age, you'll be her father. Are you with me now? So one of the things that conflict in such marriage is your way of reasoning. Not because you don't love one another. So it means that the man had to adjust and tone down to understand the reason of that woman. But what about the woman? You have married somebody who is a lot older than you, whose reason is different. The woman had to surrender completely so that you can understand the way that marriage is. If both of you can can do that, sacrifice is painful, but you have to. Especially really, the way your husband will behave to your friends may be strange. And the way your, your wife will behave to your own old friends may be strange. Because as far as this is concerned, you are all age group. Because he has married you. So, if you can just recognize that it is a matter of give and take, you can mitigate for the disparity, and then the woman can hear the man's cry, and the man can hear the woman's cry, and you meet at the midway. But such marriage cannot be like a marriage of people who are just one year older, two years, three years older, because they are still within the same band of, of, uh, of age, and their reasonings are not, you know, they are still within the same band of reasoning. So you must know that those of you who want to get married, don't just say that, oh, I'm a woman, You know, I'm getting late. You are not late. Wait for your own turn and God will bring the person. It is better for God to bring the person for you. The similar, similarly, if you marry from different cultures, these kind of things will affect you. The husband will learn the culture of the woman, the woman will learn the culture of the husband. There is no such a thing that I'm the man, you must learn my own culture. No, it does not happen like that. A woman and a man who marry from different cultures means you are bringing two cultures into into effect to give back to a new generation of both cultures. You don't say that I'm the husband, I'm the one that my wife should learn my culture. You are joking because you want to take her from a culture, you must learn their culture. If there is a particular type of food that they cook in that culture, she'll be cooking it for you and you have to eat it. You can't marry her and not marry her culture. Same thing, the woman cannot marry the husband and not go and learn the food that they cook in the husband's culture. You must give it to him. So we understand that. Bringing the two cultures together will enrich our culture. It also extends your border and territory. There are some people who do not understand this, and they are not able to enjoy the broadness such mix brings. It brings broadness, which is a very rich culture. But if you don't understand that, you may have problem in the area of culture.
1: Now, let me now go into... I, I want to talk about unity, then I'll talk about the purpose of marriage.
0: You won't take me five minutes. Do you observe this, that God cannot bless any, any uh, um, people who are supposed to be together in disunity? When church is disunited, God cannot bless it. When marriage is disunited, God cannot bless the marriage. But let me help you know how it started. This is the reason we should go to Genesis and see it. You know, at the beginning of Genesis, chapter three. All right. I want to show you something in Genesis chapter three. That'll be our main focus, and then we're going to stop this lecture. Or oh, there's a question. I can. if you have a question, you can put it on the on the platform, and I, I will answer the question. Because marriage is very very good. Very, very good. Great and benign. I'm happy to be married. I would have I don't know what I would be if I didn't marry. I am so happy. Now look at what he says in Genesis chapter 1, uh, chapter 3. Sorry. Genesis chapter 3. Understand the principle. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? you must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God did say, verse 3, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it. God said, don't eat it, don't touch the tree, or you will die. All right. You will not die, surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat it, eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable desirable. For gaining wisdom, she took some and ate of it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they this, this saw fig, fig leaves together and made covering for themselves.
1: Then the man and his wife heard the sound of The Lord, the Lord God, and he was
0: walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the tree of the garden. But verse nine, but the Lord God called to the woman, to the man, where are you? He answered, I had you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. Can you imagine? Then the Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. That's I'm going to stop that very lecture. That's that scripture. My next uh, seminar with you will look into this lecture and we we'll see some principles there. This, that Satan does not have two principles. What he used from beginning of, of age is what he's using till now deception. It's possible that we go through that in satanic strategies that I'm going to teaching you. But what I want you to see here very briefly is this. God created the man and woman and they were always coming and moving together. God never visited them when you no, know, you know, but when they are together they are always together. The man is working, the wife is there helping him. The moment the man left the wife
1: Satan spoke to the wife. You get it now. When Adam left Eve,
0: Satan overcame not just Eve, but overcame man. And what that tells you is you cannot do things without your wife or your husband. You think back in, my, in some marriages, the wife will go and do some crooked business with people. At the end of it, you lose the money. Then you come and tell your husband, same thing with the man who will be doing cuckoo business with some people. he will lose the money. Then it is the wife will take it on, come and tell the wife. If you had spoken and agreed together, God will bless it. The reason why the devil could could steal your wealth is because you 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 invested it based on your own principle, not God's principle. Because the wife and the man should know and the blessing, the unity, God will bless. But when the man left the woman and the woman was alone, Satan struck one of them, and that's it. Any weird unity, any marriage that there's no real unity. I mean unity is love, bonding love is unity. That's just simple. Unity is not anything that there's true love, that is genuine love. If
1: there is genuine love, anything one knows, the other one must know it. It's what brings trust. That is how man felt. Second thing is this. You need to understand the fact, therefore, that God had advised uh, Abraham and
0: uh, Adam that they should not be together all the time. Because in, in verse 8, God will visit them together in the cool of the day. And then the last thing is this. You must, you must recognize this. The man is responsible before God for his family. When God came down, he did not ask the woman. He asked the man, Adam, where are you? I'm saying this for men. There are some men that anything the wife said is yes. Anything the wife said is yes. You cannot be a yes man. You are supposed to be a leader ahead in your family. So that when your wife says things, you check it by the word of God, whether it is right. You don't just agree and then just succumb because of the weakness of women that God did not create in man. A woman can be easily influenced by a third party most women, and a woman can only be carried down for all the reasons why God wrote there, said in that scripture. I don't want to expand that because I have just about 10 minutes to finish this. You understand? But it says that,
1: you know, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, all right,
0: and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable to
1: gain wisdom these are the three major things that is a problem with women and if you are not careful as your wife can build you
0: and that's grace satan can use your wife to destroy too as a man if you do not know you need to stand on the word of god if you look at when you talk about gossip, gossip. If a man is gossiping, it will look strange. But if a woman is gossiping, it doesn't look strange because I mean, what do you, it's part of their family, if, a, if a weakness is that a woman with another man will start talking, 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 talking. A woman can be talking on phone for the next one hour. If a man is talking on phone like that, something is wrong with you. It is feminine. There are some characters and characteristics that go with feminism. A, two men will meet in the bus stop. They will just if they say hi hi to one another, it will be God. Thank God for that. They one we just press hand and stand. A woman come to the, to the bus stop and saw another woman there. Oh, how are you? Hello, get a, And they start talking as if they know one another for a long time. It is the nature God created them. It is that nature that Satan played upon in Genesis and caused the woman to 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 sin. If the woman had always submitted her thoughts to the man that look, go when the man was there, the man, this is what I was told. The man would have said, No, God said. And we will all not be in this trouble we are. So a man must know as a head of a family to put his foot on the ground based on the word of God. When it comes to the word of God, I'm telling you, so that you don't just accept when your woman, the feminine part strikes, you can cop and caution it. that. No, 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 no. But the good part of the woman, when it comes in, you can submit to that straight away so that you can be on the same together. So you need to know this. You are responsible for your marriage before God. God did not ask the woman, where are you? He asked the man, where are you? And then the man said the woman. Because, you know,
1: they have sold out what God has given to them. Now, finally. The husband and the wife are helpmates. The
0: husband Come with ideas that will further the family. The woman come with many ideas that will enhance and
1: achieve that goal. You'll get it now. Now, there are some things that, you know, this is the basis of marriage. That husband and wife will be helped with. We're going to look at some factors that are involved in this collaboration. You know, this is the work of collaboration. I have taught you before, before we
0: go to the end of this, that there are three major, you know, uh, uh, words that you mustn't forget, which in looking at marriage and God and man, what God commanded, They were both naked and in no shape. Transparency. You know, I will make him a suitable helper. Collaboration and cooperation. Transparency, collaboration and cooperation. Transparency, you know, goes to the place whereby. If I make, if I want to make a wrong decision, I expect my wife to put her foot on the ground and say, no, you cannot do it. Because this is what the Bible says. I've been transparent with me. If my wife wants to go across the board, I say, no, no, you cannot step that region. This is the scriptures. That's been transparent. Apart from the fact that you can't do anything secret. I want to surprise my wife. I want to surprise. You may surprise your wife by buying a new car for her without her knowing. That's all right. But you can't go and buy a house to surprise your wife. Unless if you put her name in that house and she's the only one who has it. So if you say that, surprise, surprise. Look at this. This is the deed of land. This is yours. Yeah, that's a surprise. No, you to going to be buying houses. In the secrets, you have three houses. Your wife doesn't know you had houses. I say you are surprising your wife. That is not surprise. Understand this. Transparency, collaboration, and cooperation. These are great things that hold the fabrics of marriage together. But let me conclude today by taking you through about eight things that are very needed within marriage. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 11. You Mm -hmm. see, everybody should, this is a clinic, overhauling clinic, so that you look at your marriage in the light of the things I'm saying. Just put yourself right. It's not a time to blame husband or blame wife. No. It is a time for you to check whether those things you have been doing, the Bible says you shouldn't do, you are doing them, you know, so that you'll be able to correct yourself and live a happy life in your marriage. You know, marriage is not happy because there is money. No, 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 no. Marriage is not happy because there is money. I and my wife, my wife and I have lived together in England, haven't lived in affluence, a prosperity in Nigeria as professionals, and really had money of our age at our age at that time. And we had money, we had wealth. But when we came to England, it's a different ball game. Everything gradually just vanished. But, when the days did, we didn't have money at all in England, we were happy. Very, very happy. Whether we eat or we don't eat, as long as our baby was eaten at the time, because in those days, government give babies food, and they give them money to survive. It's different from now. God will help this world. The world is going haywire. You understand it? So, but, lack of money doesn't cause, it shouldn't cause problem in marriage. At all, at all. Because marriage is not this of money. Now, if one has, it's for both. If one doesn't, if two have, it's for both. And this expenditure in the house should be borne by the one who earns who higher. In the, between husband and wife there's no such a thing that oh you are the head of the house so you have to bear all the costs so that the, all the salaries of the man is going for bills and the woman is saving her money I mean that if you die your husband is automatic the automatic guy is the owner of everything so you just die like that that's it that would be a mockery of that person so you understand same thing with the husband but you must know this That's why in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, let's begin to see the principles. It says in chapter 4, verse verse 9, two are better than
1: one because they will have good return to their work. Is that not correct? That talks about financial stability. If you look for that, it says, if one falls down, his friends can help him. But pity the man who falls and no one to help him. Verse 11. Also if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? 12. Though one may be overpowered, Two can defend themselves. A cord
0: of three strands is not quickly broken. Now write this down. Number one, you need compassion in marriage. One of the tools that work marriage is compassion. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 11, which says, Also, if one lie down together, if if two lie down together, they will keep warm.
1: Companion, I'm talking about. Companionship. Number two, comfort. That
0: lie down together talks about they will comfort themselves. So, the first thing in marriage is companionship. Second thing is comfort or sympathizing
1: or empathizing and encouragement. The word comfort
0: is pregnant of those three words, sympathizing, empathizing, and encouraging. To sympathize is to show sympathy. You know, sometimes your wife will say that, oh, I have this pain here. Another time she says, I have this
1: pain here. Some men will just say, why are you always having pain? What she did with her body, you did not. That's the first thing. When a woman gets pregnant, she bloats.
0: You don't think that someone that some, a, a body that's expanded and then contracted will remain as it was when it didn't have to do that. Sometimes we have, you have to be patient enough to look at the gogo from the eyes.
1: Your wife needs comfort. Give it to her. Show compassion. Empathy. is to be in tune to feel God to- togetherness. Your wife should always feel that she has someone. This is I will say
0: both husband and wife give comfort to one another. But I will talk about man, woman first, because man is straight straight straightforward. And encouragement. Encouragement is part of appreciating one. You know,
1: make sure you encourage, which is support, giving support to one another. All this is comfort. Number three, union. You see, they are interlocked, isn't it? Union is bonding.
0: That's when your wife should be able to understand you to the place you are by, when people come to her, she should say, and say I want to go and say this to your husband. The woman should be able to say, this is what my husband will tell you. And when they go to him, that's what she will say. He will say. Same thing with, with the man. Oh, you are going to my wife to this. This is what my wife will tell you. And when, you get, when they get to the wife, without the man communicating, that's what the wife will say. Union. You must be bonded. That is Genesis
1: 2.24. Number four, you must be sexually sound. God gave sex and procreation
0: as a blessing to marriage. You cannot have sex with anybody except the one you are married to. Because if you do after you are married, it's adultery.
1: If you do before you are married, it's fornication. You can write Malachi 2.15, 1 Corinthians 7 1 to 6.
0: Sex should be conducted within the confinement of marriage. It is a blessing. But let me say also to you that I think because I'm not talking about sexual intercourse in marriage, I'll, I'll teach you that some other time. You must you must conduct sexual relationship under amicable uh condition that is you must study one another that's why husband and wife should have time for one another all right not just get busy 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 the body is wrecked all the time the body is wrecked all the time i've had uh, occasions in my marriage counseling where the the man was forced out to, into adultery because the woman is always tired always tired just always tired but whereas the woman has time, she boys with other people talking and chatting and blah 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 blah. And yet, to the husband, you know, he's he's she's always complaining tired. That I'm not. I don't mean that if a woman is really tired, that's why I talk about both of you understanding one another before and creating time for one another. No matter how busy you are, you must have a time out for husband and wife alone throughout your life. I do. Don't just think, a person is busy, is busy, is busy. Yes, I I know how to enjoy myself. I always have my time to rest. I have my time with my wife. But my wife will not bother me at the time I'm busy doing my work. Neither will I bother her when she's busy preparing for her, her work. I know when she's preparing for her work, you cannot say that you are aroused up. You will kill that rousing because your partner is at work, so that the time you have together is a time when it's your pleasure and you will have a healthy marriage because God created sexual intercourse to strengthen the bonding of love in marriage and
1: romance as well now number 5 economic power Ecclesiastes chapter 4
0: verse 9 they says two is better than one. They will bring good
1: returns to their work. Then restoration. This is I'm talking about the areas of help needed in marriage.
0: And it's one demand from the other, vice versa. Restoration Ecclesiastes chapter four verse ten. If a man falls down. His friend can't help him. Pity a man who falls and have no one to help him. Husband should cover the nakedness of the wife. Don't expose your wife in the public. And the wife should cover the nakedness of the husband. Don't expose your husband in the public. You must be very, very careful how you relate in the public so that you don't go and accuse
1: your wife in the public. Number seven, defense. chapter 4, verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. You know,
0: let me tell you this. Men should know this. Women are always more defensive of their
1: husband than men. Men will agree with me. But men must know this. So if your
0: wife is so defensive about you, you must defend her too. There's nothing so frustrating for a woman that when you get into, let's say, let me give you an example scenario, you get into arguments in the public and then, you know, you are always against your wife. Or you, you know, your wife, you know, you know, get into issues with people and she's on the right, but you can't defend that cause. You know, it's very, very painful. Finally, educating and up and up, uh, children upbringing. Proverbs one eight, Husband and wife must educate and bring up their children together in collaboration. Today is one hour. We have to hold this meeting, but this is one hour nine minutes. I will just see um, if Pastor Tayo, if there is any question, Pastor, you read it and let me handle it on the chat box.
2: Um, no one has been posted. Um, I don't know if anyone sent anything directly to Apostle, but obviously if you were to post uh, a question, it could only be seen by either myself or Apostle, so please feel free to do that. If you could please send something through if you, need, if you have any questions. At the moment, I have not seen any. You have not
0: seen any. So yes. if yes. anybody posts anything, please uh, let me see. There is something I can see here.
1: It must have been posted uh, to you directly. Oh, you cannot see the to way directly? No. Let me see. You will have posted it on, on the main line because, you know, my...
0: My screen is far away from me.
2: Okay, yeah. If anyone if anyone wants to send it to me, send it to Pastor tire so that he will he will read it. Actually, if anyone posts anything at the moment, the only people who can see it, if you post it on the screen, would either be myself or post no other no other. Uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Post it on the screen. We have this, uh, disengage other people
1: from seeing it. All right. So I think we can conclude this
0: by reading the three reasons or the three purpose or reasons why marriage was given, which we always read in every marriage service. One, the reason number one why marriage was given, that a man and a woman might enjoy lifelong companionship, help and comfort from each other. Number two, that children might be conceived, born, and reared Within the security, stability, and sanctity of marriage bond. Number three, it was given for the good of society, which can be very strong and prosperous only where marriage and family life is held in honor. These are the three reasons for marriage. You see, the first one is for companionship, not for children, making children. And there are people who say that my wife didn't have a child, my daughter had a child. And they allow Satan to push them out, only to discover that they are the one who have lose, who lose from count. Now, if your wife cannot go and try to have a child from outside, the man has no power, no authority to do so. It's just adultery, which is punishable by God. We get it now. So marriage is for comfort, to enjoy a lifelong relationship with somebody, companionship and help and comfort. That's the reason why I said that you must make sure the person you want to marry, you check them and make sure that you are, you are, you know, um, both of you are, are you know, uh, within the same band of reasoning, you know, together. And then it says the second one is for childbearing. And the third one is for society. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. All right. Pastor, if there's no question, I will want to bring this many into it. Because, oh, does anybody have questions? You raise your hand up where you are. Let me see.
1: All right, we're going to pray for marriages. I want us to pray for every marriage.
0: The first thing we're going to pray for them from this lecture is understanding. Understanding. That husband and wife, God will help them to understand themselves. Shall we lift up our voice and begin to pray? That the Holy Spirit of God will take preeminence. That the Father in heaven will grant insight. The Spirit of wisdom and insight and knowledge to enjoy your family life. So that Satan will not have his way in your home. You are supposed to be happy for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Father, we pray thee in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will grant joy, unity to every marriage. You will, you will subject flesh or subdue flesh so that our flesh will not override our spirit. Our desires shall be for one another. O oh Lord our God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let there be peace in every home on this platform. Lord, let there be peace in every home. Let everyone on this platform, O God, enjoy their married life. The spirit of hell that destroy or attack marriages when they come, because they will come, grant us wisdom to overcome them. Grant us the knowledge of heaven to understand them so that Satan will not be able to intimidate Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth so that the devil will not be able to cause disruption in marriages. Oh Lord our God. We pray thee. We pray thee in the name of Jesus. That you have mercy on us. Give us the wisdom of parenting. That we'll be able to be good examples to our children. Pray that prayer. That the Lord will grant you wisdom. In parenting. And that everybody will be able to enjoy their married life. Now let us pray that God will bless every hope with fruits. Of the children from the throne of grace. Children that will obey their parents, That God will give them to us. Children that will commit their life to service of God. Children that will go beyond us. In wealth, in knowledge, in power, in prosperity. That God will give unto every marriage. And we pray for the children of the righteous. That the Lord will strengthen them. According to the word of the Lord. That our children will live in His presence. Grace shall be the prosperity of our children. Pray that the Lord will cause the word of God to be in the lips of our children, and it will not depart from their mouth forever. Pray that the grace of heaven will be manifest according to the covenant of God with the righteous. Pray for those who have not married among our children that God will direct them, that they will not shipwreck. Men and women that shipwreck people will be far from them. Any one of them that is engaged in a relationship that could destroy them, let us pray that God will destroy such relationships. They will not form. They will not take place. That our children will serve God in harmony in their marriage. But those who have made wrong steps, that God will help them and step into their marriage and have mercy. That the Lord will redeem the remnant that is not destroyed and give them a fulfilled life. Father, I will bless you. Those of you who are married, that God will give you the health and the strength to enjoy your married life. Any sickness that hinders enjoying your marriage should be taken out. God will bring healing to our bodies. He will rejuvenate our bodies. He will give healing to our spirit and our mind. People who have been hurt for a long time in their marriage, that God will heal their mind and give them a heart of forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan will not have any stronghold. In any marriage. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Thank you Lord because it's done. In Jesus' holy and anointed name. We pray with us, given. Amen and amen and amen. Well before we go off air. Can I just say I thank every one of you. Who have joined us on this program. Both on Zoom. And on the on the uh, YouTube. Because I streamed this on the YouTube. So that it will be they're available for people. May the Lord grant you knowledge and insight. As you go through this program, you may need to sit down, write down scripture by scripture, and then apply them. Look at the areas of your life that you need to apply those principles and apply them. It shall be well with you. And God bless you. See you tomorrow. Yes, Pastor Tire,
2: any announcement, please? Thank you very much, Apostle. You've taken the announcements, yeah. um, And uh, just want to say that... Um, we all should encourage others to, to view this. A number of people might have been at work at this time um, or they're otherwise engaged but the Lord has taught us a, a great number, a great deal of things this, this afternoon. Thank you very much, Apostle.
0: Right? Well, shall we write, lift up our right hand as we bring this meeting to a close by reading the book of Hebrews 13, 20 and 21? Shall we? Now, may the God of peace have brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make us perfect to do his will working in us that which is well pleased in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and evermore. Amen. Surely Husband and wife, say to yourself, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Well, let us remember that we don't have any meeting tonight. Our next meeting is tomorrow. There shall be shouts of blessing. It will fall
1: in your house.
0: shall be unto
1: you according to your confession.